0: Vagyanathimirandasyagyanandana salakaya. Chaksurum litam ye nutasmai maha. Ajanulambato bhujokanakavadharto. Sankita nae kapitaro kamalaya taksho. Vishvambaro adhijabaro yoga dharma palo. Vande jagat priyakaro karunabhottaro. Vande sikhisna chaitanna nittananda sohadito. We're reading from Madilida chapter eight Ramananda Sambad Conversation between Chaitana Mahabhu and rai Ramananda. We may recall that after the conversion of Bhattacharya Sarvaboma in Puri, Sarvaboma had a new insight into the position of one person in the south whom previously he had never understood. He had not understood Vaishnavism, and therefore he had not understood Ramananda Rai. But when his conversion was complete, under the influence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he not only understood Vaishnavism, but he understood quality of the Vaishnavism of Roy Ramananda and he understood that the standard of his Vaishnavism would be very appealing to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and so he strongly urged Vrungadeva that as you go south which Mahaprabhu insisted that he wanted to do as we've heard on the plea of finding his brother Vishvarup who had taken sannyas really for the sake of Preaching and delivering the fallen souls, he went. But the charges said, if you must go, then be sure to meet with this person, Roy Ramananda, and discuss with him. So now we've come to that point where the Lord has met Ramananda Roy, and they exchanged words in one another's embrace, and they astonished the assembly of persons who were part of the entourage of Roy Ramananda, who was a political figure. Here was a sannyasi, Mahapurou embracing a person of political position. And furthermore, he was uh, of the lower order in terms of the varnashram. And other than that being a little out of the ordinary, such a mixing, the symptoms that they manifest in, in, in the course of their interaction were also very, extraordinary, uncommon. At any rate, Mahaprabhu, realizing the situation and the fact that it was inappropriate for them to continue in public view, he recommended that Roy Ramananda and he meet the following day. And so they have, and here it is mentioned that as these talks begin, Namaskar Koilorai Prabhu Kaila Alingane, Jane Krishna Kotha koi Rahastane. we heard about uh, the secluded place the other night when we discussed yoga and meditation in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita Krishna recommended one to go to a secluded place free from distractions so here they have gone to a secluded place rahasthani a secret place where no one else was around and this is significant because what they were going to discuss would ultimately reach a very high level that was concerned with topics that were inappropriate to be distributed to the general public those without shraddha, without faith. So Mahaprabhu followed this standard. Of course many high things are there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. they're exchanged between the Lord and Ramananda Rai the Lord and Sarup Damodar He explained basic practices of devotional service to Sanatana Goswami and Rupa Goswami. And in general, with Sarvabhama Bhattacharya and Prakashana Nasarasadi, there was discussion of Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, Vedanta Sutra, and so forth. And for the general public, Mahaprabhu simply engaged them in Sankirtan, chanting the holy names. So, within Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, then there's a gradual development, Chaitodarpanam Arjunam. Sankirtan begins with this cleansing of the heart. So not everything all at once. Some theory we should know, as much as we have the aptitude. And in the course of acquiring that theoretical knowledge, we should know what is our position and what is appropriate for us to concentrate on in our practice. So Rajamananda approached Mahaprabhu and offered his namaskar, and the Lord embraced him, and they commenced Duyjani Krishna Kata Kai Rahastani. Engaging in Krishna Kata in that secluded place. So we're beginning now what has been described here as Krishna Kata and it begins from the very beginning, as we'll hear, Varnashram. It goes all the way to the end of Gopi Bhav and Radha's love for Krishna. So this is a very special conversation. The whole religious world is found within it. That is one of the reasons why this conversation has been compared to the Bhagavad Gita. Because Bhagavad Gita is, of course, a discussion of comparative religion. An ashram is there, the very entry level of religious life, and Sakam Karma Yoga, Nishkam Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, Dhyana Yoga, Bhakti, Jnana Misha, Karma Misha, Yoga Misha, so many. Nuances of religious thought and spiritual practice are discussed. And, of course, the two, there are two principal persons in Bhagavad Gita, the Lord and His disciple Arjuna. And so the Lord is here, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Rai Ramananda is here as well. He has been compared by Kavi Karnapur to Arjuna. Mahaprabhu has said in Chaitanya Charitamrita that the father of the, of Ramananda Roy, he was the father of five sons was none other than Maharaj Pandu in Krishna Leela who is the father of the Pandavas and by implication his sons are Panch Pandava five Pandavas and among them Vairamananda Arjuna so in this way the experts have made some comparisons between Krishna Leela and Gaur Leela there are parallels there are differences, but there are basic parallels. When the discussion of Yatra in Navadvip came, this is a current topic circulating around years ago, Sridhar Marsh objected to the performance of Rathyatri in Navadvip Dham. And the neighbouring moth of Keshav Marsh had instituted that practice. And there was a big hubbub about it. Sridom Marsh maintained his opinion that it was inappropriate and others cited scripture and found a way to Justify it. Shidharmarsh never changed his opinion on that. But what he recommended was if you want to make a rathyatra in Navadvip, we should consider the sentiment of the Dambasis of Navadvip. And of course, we know that marsh only took up his domicile in Navadvip Dham after he got the permission of Nityananda Prabhu to do so he was not very much inclined for going out and collecting followers after the departure of Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri Thakur and the the discord that came differences between god brothers and so on he preferred more to go to a quiet place and cultivate his spiritual life others were interested in carrying on the mission and making disciples and a good number of them Keshav Marish, who had taken Sannyas from Siddharth included, said that had Siddharth taken the charge, as many encouraged him to do, to initiate disciples, they would not have, but would have worked in conjunction with him, assisting him. But his nature was very um, much not to be in the forefront. Sometimes it's it's been cited by some foolish persons as being a blemish but actually it's a very good quality not foolish persons like Bhaktisaranta Sarasthi or sometimes chided him or criticized him and encouraged Agra Maharaja to go and bring him out for preaching but his resistance to be in the forefront yes. is actually a good quality that kind of indifference and detachment this is asakti not interested in collecting any followers anything of the world wealth women The arts, poetry, attraction for these things. And no followers. So uh, he, in thinking along these lines, he wanted to take up his residence in Navadvip. So he went to Chakra, the place of Nityananda Prabhu, where Nityananda Prabhu appeared and he prayed to him that he please give me permission to take up my residence in Navadvip and of course he had preached for many years in Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur's mission and then he got the impression came in his heart that you want my mercy but you do not give your mercy to others so then he said he understood that Nitinanda was giving him permission to reside in Navadvip on one condition that he would also Accepting Nityananda Prabhu's mercy, he would give mercy to others. So he took up a policy like this, that if people would come to him and they were qualified, then he would initiate them without going out and about and collecting them. So my point in bringing this up is that he himself was a Basi with the permission of Nityananda Prabhu. So his opinion should be taken (laughs) very seriously. And he cited the sentiment of the Dhamvasis by quoting Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who had prayed from his heart that Nimai Pandit, Nimai Pandit, of course, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu without any Aishvarya, the hometown boy of Nadia, who happened to become a Vaishnav to the joy of all the devotees and became their natural leader. That Nimai Pandit had gone to Puri and taken sannyas. Puri means Dwarka and Sannyas means Aishwarya, one of the six opulences of the Supreme Lord, sannyas, renunciation. So the Dambasis, they don't like this idea of Chaitanya mahaprabhu taking sannyas. And they want him to return to Nadia, which is Vrindavan, Gupta Vrindavan, hidden Vrindavan. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur prayed, when will he, my to give up the sannyas? <laughs> we think if a man gives up sannyas, it is a great fault. But <laughs> they wanted him to give up sannyas. Even if it would mean the religious uh, shame, as the giving up of the vow of sannyas, would bring upon one, let him give it up and return to Nadia, to the house of Sivastakur. And there we will perform kirtan along with him as we did before. Those gopis also incurred the risk of some shame coming to Krishna in the dead of the night for Asa Leila. So this way there's a parallel. Mahaprabhu returning to Navadvip to enter the Kirtanajivas Angam as Nimai Pandit. was Mahaprabhu, the great Lord, but as Nimai Pandit. This is analogous to the gopis wanting Krishna to return to Vrindavan. So Shidharmarsh reasoned like this, Let your festival will begin at the Ganga crossing, which Mahaprabhu would have to do to return to Nadiya, and bring him to Srivasangam. In this way, you will be bringing Krishna back to Vrindavan, which is what the Ratha Yatra symbolizes, bringing Krishna back to Vrindavan. Of course, in the Ratha Yatra, Krishna doesn't quite return. <laughs> he comes to Kurukshetra, and then Gopis ask him to come. And he invites them to Dwarka, but they don't want to come to Dwarka. They want him to come with him. They cannot be satisfied with him dressed as a prince. They want to see him with the plumes of the peacock and decorated with the various colors of the earth and forest garland of flowers, not as a regal king, but as a simple cowherder. So there's, there's a meeting at Kurukshetra, and of course Krishna acknowledges their love and says that his heart is always with them, but he still has some business to do in Dwarka. So it's a big uh, in a sense disappointment for the gopis. They couldn't quite bring him back. The, the whole festival of course symbolizes his desire to go back. They're wanting him to go back in his eagerness, but he doesn't quite go back. So thinking about all these things in a number of ways Siddha Marsh offered a kind of a way to harmonize his objection to Ratha Yatra Navadvip to those who wanted to perform the Ratha Yatra Navadvip and unfortunately as the story goes his suggestions not only to not perform it but his way of suggesting well if you do perform it in this way that will be more pleasing to the Dhamvasis that was also rejected so the point is that there are parallels between Krishna Lila and Gauraleela. They're not 100% the same, but there are some. Jetanamabrabhu is Krishna. So great devotees have found in Gauraleela Krishna Leela. So they found associates of Krishna in Gauraleela. So they found, Kavikarnapur found Arjuna in Rai Ramananda and Bhagavad Gita in Ramananda Samvad and from that we can understand also that there's a very deep spiritual conclusion in Bhagavad Gita it doesn't come out on the surface on the surface it appears to lead only to the point of sharanagati surrender which is the stage on which the drama of bhakti is performed but after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's preaching then great acharyas have delved into the Bhagavad Gita and drawn out so many wonderful gems that must be there. If this conversation between Arjuna and Krishna, Ramananda Sambad, is an analogous to Bhagavad Gita. Some Bhagavad Gita text will be cited here by Rai Ramananda, as we'll see here in the beginning, and rejected by Mahaprabhu, which tells us something about the standard interpretation of Bhagavad Gita at the time once Mahaprabhu came and his philosophy, his teaching was churned by his devotees and they can go back to the Bhagavad Gita as they have and bring out so many things, things that are found here in this conversation ultimately and then they will take those verses even that Mahaprabhu was rejected here in the beginning and render them in a way that they bring out the deeper spiritual insights and essence of Bhagavad Gita in a sense we can reason that this conversation took place between Krishna and Arjuna, a second time, in which the Lord, Chaitanya Mahabrabhu, asked Ramananda to be the teacher, and he accepted the position as a disciple Kiba Banashi Krishna Hai. said later on in this conversation, accepting Rai Ramananda as his guru. Mahabrabhu had Guru Ishvarpuri. Whom he got his initiation from. Then he had the sannyas guru, Keshav his Ragmar guru, Ramananda He said, Kiva Vipraki prakhi sudra position was not elevated in terms of the varnashram. Mahaprabhu said, It doesn't matter whether you're a sannyasi, a sudra, whatever you are. If you know the truth about Krishna, then you're my guru. So here, Krishna, Caitanya Mahaprabhu, was taking the position of the disciple and Asking Arjun in the form of Ramananda Roy to teach him. So sometimes the teacher asks the student questions to see what they have learned. So Mahaprabhu is asking Ramananda, Krishna is asking Arjun to see what he learned from Bhagavad Gita. And here we find. So many wonderful things come out, so they must be also in Bhagavad-gita. Arjuna understood the deeper significance of Bhagavad-gita. That was actually over his own head and beyond his own capacity and eligibility, adhikar. Wonderful things that Krishna drifted off into in Bhagavad-gita. Thoughts of Braj, Vrindavan Bhakti and so forth. Arjuna, of course, is, is from the city. He's a city friend, not the country friend. And is less... Intimacy, therefore he could say such things as he did in the 11th chapter when the Vishwaroop manifests, Oh, forgive me for having sat on the same bed with you and, and addressed you in ways that were belittling even. Hey Krishna, hey Yadav, hey Sakheti, you're the supreme God. subal sridam. they would never say that to Krishna. <laughs> forgive me for slapping you on the back. But Arjun's uh, devotion is different friendly but some sense of the Lord's Godhood is predominant and it can get in the way of his friendship if that aishvarya should manifest if aishvarya manifests in Vrndavan as it does it simply serves to increase the sense of intimacy that the devotees have with the Lord it doesn't interfere so anyway, topics of, of Bhagavad Gita went even over ahead of Arjuna but he understood them what Krishna was talking about and here we find that when he was tested by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Ramananda Roy, it all comes out. So it's a very important conversation. Sridharmash actually was very, very fond. Probably this and Brihad Bhagavatamrita were two of his favorite parts of the sacred literature. And the Bhagavatamrita, of course, is the discussion of a gradation of devotion, as we find here in Ramananda Samvad. So first, Mahaprabhu says, Prabhu Kahit Pala Shloka. Sadhira Nirnay, Rai Kohi Sarva Dharma Charane Vishnu Bhakti Hai. Mahaprabhu ordered Ramananda Rai recite a verse from the scriptures that speaks about the ultimate goal of life. And Rai Ramananda said that if one executes his Swadharma, which means his occupational duty, in accordance with the Varnashram, that in the course of doing so he awakens Vishnu Bhakti Hai. So he begins with religious life, Varnashram. And it's true that this Varnashram is a socio-religious system that is organized such, it's actually Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, that, that he initiated this system. And it is such that if followed properly, one can come to Vishnu Bhakti gradually, but very gradually. And Mahaprabhu, of course, is interested in beginning the discussion On higher level so Varnashram Dharma is external Varnashram Dharma is something like adherence to it is something like citizens of the country adhering to the laws whereby having done so or in the course of doing so they thereby satisfy the head of state but that doesn't mean that you know him personally you may know of him and he or the government let's say and the laws that they set up following those laws being a law-abiding citizen then some recognition is there some reward is there but it's a very if there's any relationship with the lord it's very distant how distant it is chaitanya Charitamrita brings out when kaviraj Goswami says that you may be a devotee of vishnu but if you don't love krishna what does he say you're a demon Actually, what he says is, if you love Krishna, but you don't love Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you're a demon. Very strong language. He says, such love for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and such a sense that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. So what is the meaning he's saying, if you love Krishna, but you don't love Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, I say you're a demon. And he cites for his Praman the fact that Jarasandha was a follower of the Varnashram. He followed Varnashram's system, which is set up by the Lord, Vishnu govern the world in that sense he was a devotee of vishnu in a remote sense he followed the system set up by vishnu and very responsibly but he attacked krishna what 17 18 times to Rasanda, trying to avenge the death of his daughter's husband kansa so he's saying here he's a devotee of vishnu but he's attacking krishna he was considered an asura in that sense so we can follow Varnashram and we can please God. Actually, the extent to which we please God in the adherence to Varnashram is the extent to which our adherence to Varnashram has meaning, has value. So the essence, the central, the heart of the whole thing is to satisfy the Lord. If, as a result of following, one gets a taste for Harikata, then it's considered successful, otherwise not. So he's recommended the Varnashram, and this is as we say, the beginning of, of religious life, in a sense. And there's considerable emphasis by all of our charges on Varnasham I mean, in as much as they also reject it, ultimately, as being external in terms of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, they also advocate it. Bhaktisana Thakur has made the point that it's the actual social system within Krishna-lila. Superficially, it governs the lila. The lila is ultimately governed by love, but there's a nonetheless a social system, even in uh, Golok. Because he instituted Dabhivarana and there was resistance to this Dabhivarana which was conceived of by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, which means Varnashram for devotees, social system for the devotees, who are treading the Paramhamsa Marg, but aren't Paramhamsas themselves. The resistance to this was met with these types of response from Bhaktisdanta. That actually has its origins in the spiritual. Guy, it's instituted by the Lord itself, Varnashram. So there's some, some place for this. And so as much as there is emphasis on it and it's important, it's uh, a bit uh, far-fetched to think of implementing it in society today. If you want to start the Varnashram Party, and uh, now this election time here in the United States, if you want to start the Varnashram Dharma Party and uh, vie for votes, I don't think you'd get too much publicity at this point. Prabhupada wanted, somebody wrote me a question on the Sangha, that should we vote? Should devotees vote? And if so, who should they vote for? And uh, a couple other questions all along those lines. And I replied that technically speaking, the brahmacharis, the vanaprastas, and the sannyasis should be only engaged exclusively in spiritual culture, directly in the spiritual culture. Whereas the household is the grihastas who are involved in the world. They may Participate in something like that. And Baki Minotakura is an example. He not only voted but was voted for. Well, I guess he was appointed as a judge. I think in this country, judges are elected sometimes. He was appointed, but anyway, he was involved in the political system. So there's uh, maybe some scope for that. But if you were to form a party in order to have any chance at this point of having your platform, heard, I think you have to join forces with some other party to some extent, some of whose principles were those that you also, Vaishnavas also held dear, general, very general principles, and their own principles of Vaishnavism itself would probably have to be kept suppressed, but um, theoretically come out later. Prabhupada, of course, wanted a political party at one point. He started a party called... In God We Trust, the In God We Trust Party. I think that, or that was its motto. And uh, some of the devotees had talked about it, and so he agreed to it. And it didn't last very long because what Prabhupada saw was that his devotees, disciples, were young, and uh, there was great potential for them to become distracted from their spiritual practice. And so he canceled the party. So anyway, to have a varnashram party or a platform that tried to establish. Political platform the system of Varnashram would be uphill climb to say the least so it, it may be better in our present times to emphasize more the very heart of the Varnashram in two senses one sense its heart is to lead a responsible life perform one's duties whatever they may be as determined by one's social situation in any society responsibly and dutifully with detachment from the results and secondly in terms of essential idea of Varnashram in such a way as to please God this is the heart of the Varnashram just like you have a social body and you have head, arms, legs this analogy has been used to describe the Varnashram, head for the Brahmins and the arms of the Kshatriyas, the belly is the Vaishyas and the legs of the Sudras and similarly Brahmachari legs and Prihasta, belly, and Vanaprastha, arms, and sannyasi, head, and heart of the whole system is what? Vishnu, his satisfaction, you've got to pump blood to the heart. So, perform ones if they're not ordained by God through the Varnashram system, duties that you happen to come by as a consequence of your material desires, which is basically what Varnashram is about. We have material desires, so we have certain propensities, and therefore we have... There are injunctions in the scriptures, duties to perform relative to one's propensity, one's nature, born of the influence of the three gunas. So perform those duties, whatever they are, whatever your responsibilities have come to be as a result of your desires, and your life, your dharma under the influence of the modes of nature in such a way, responsibly and in such a way that it's pleasing to God. I mentioned before that the Varnashram is a society of classes and the society today is moving towards a classless society not segregation but integration and they want to integrate on the basis largely of this sense that we are all human beings we all have much in common regardless of differences in appearance of race and belief and, and sex so we should come together under a common bond of our humanity and transcend really these apparent differences so this idea can be taken to the next level and we can encourage people to unite based not merely on the common ground of being part of the same species but the common ground of being of the same spiritual essence which takes us unites us with all species then and moves in the direction of integration and union rather than segregation. Of course the system of Maranasham is a segregation to bring about integration on a higher level. So anyway, we should try to capture the spirit of what it's about, what it's meant to do, and if there's another way to do it, then that the modern society will listen to, and we should press on that, push in that direction. Otherwise, personally, I think it would be an uphill battle to, <laughs> to try to insist on we want the Krishna consciousness in the world, the beginning is Varnashram preacher has to be very practical if you can't go in the front door you go in the back door If you can't go in the back door you go in the window if you can't go in the window you go through the chimney but somehow or other you get inside and make your point and Mahaprabhu of course rejected Varnashram dharma Sanatana so Goswami says in Bhagavatam which in the very beginning when can we get something to the effect on paraphrasing when can we get free from the great burden of Varnashram so many duties and so many rites and rituals Dharma Shastra. You can be freed from all of that by Shraddha, faith in Krishna. brings you Adhikar, eligibility for bhakti, and all that's going to be left behind. Chant and dance and Sankirtan. So, Mahabhu rejects, as we'll hear in the next verse, Roy Ramananda's first point regarding the ultimate goal of life. And this is external, he says. Of course, here he quotes his Praman, Shastra Praman, Roy Ramananda, to substantiate his point. He says, Varna Ashram Acharavata Pulusena Parapuman Vishnu Aradite Pantanam Netta Toshakaranam. It's from Vishnu Purana. Famous verse. The Supreme Lord Vishnu is worshipped by the proper execution of prescribed duties in the system of Varna Ashram. There is no other way to satisfy the Supreme Lord. One must be situated in the institution of the four Varnas and Ashrams. He gives this scriptural reference. Mahaprabhu says, this is external. Say something more. He's rejecting this. Rai krishne karmarpana arpana He says, then okay. The essence of perfection, or the means to perfection, is krishne karmarpana. In the context of the system of Varna perform your duties, basically he's saying, for the pleasure of Krishna. So Krishna comes into the focus, and he quotes from Bhagavad Gita to substantiate this idea. yat shya yat This is from the ninth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, verse 27. Actually, it speaks of even beyond the Varnashram. Whatever you do, whatever you offer, whatever you eat, whatever austerities you may perform, Krishna says, do them for me so this whatever means even if it's not according to the varnashram, Ashram whatever it is do it for me this is not a pure bhakti Mahaprabhu will reject this also bhakti means that we offer ourselves previous to this verse Krishna in Bhagavad Gita Krishna says patram pushpam palam yome yom bhakti tadam bhakti parita parita this is shuddha bhakti pure bhakti knowing that everyone's not capable of offering themselves Krishna's not asking in that verse for a leaf, for a flower, for a fruit or water. Twice in the verse he says, devotion, offer me with devotion, and that offering of devotion I will accept. Offer me these things, fruit, flower, leaf. It's not about offering a fruit, flower, and leaf, and water. It's about offering one's very self. This is bhakti. You just said that Krishna is the person who has everything, so what can we give the person who has everything? And the answer comes that, well, there's one thing that Krishna doesn't have. He's lost his heart. It's been taken by his devotees. So we can offer him ours, and that he will accept. So after having said that, spoken about pure devotion, Krishna knows Arjuna at that point in Bhagavad Gita is not qualified for pure devotion. So he speaks this first, "Yat Yadash, do this, get involved on this level. So if we do this in the context of the Varnashram. Ashram, we perform our prescribed duty and then offer the result to Krishna. That is better than just being in the Varnashram. And in a general sense, performing one's prescribed duties and thereby satisfying Vishnu because you, you did the duties. But doing them consciously as an offering unto Krishna is a progressive step. But this too is rejected by Mahaprabhu. Prabhu kahe eho bhai agri ar rai kahe dharma tyag e sadyasar so Mahaprabhu rejects. he says, is also external, say something more, and Roy says Sarvadar tyag Alright, then give up the varnashram. Renunciation of Varnashram. takes sannyas. Sanyas means then you're above the duties of varnashram. And he quotes two verses, Shastra Praman for this idea from Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. He says Yaivam Gunan Doshan Mayadishtan apisvakan dharman samtyaja yatsarvan mambhajet sa chasatamah Occupational duties are described in the religious scriptures. If one analyzes them, he can fully understand their qualities and faults and give them up completely to render service unto the Lord. Such a person is considered a first-class man. Then sarva dharman puritaja mamikam Sharanam braja humtom sarva papibyo moksha yashyami masu ca conclusion of Bhagavad Gita after giving up all kinds of religious and occupational duties if you come to me take shelter I will give you protection from all of life's sinful reactions do not worry and Mahabrabhu is rejecting these verses also as I said earlier we can take this verse of Bhagavad Gita in fact later in Chaitanya Charitamrita this verse is cited both of these verses are cited in the following chapter in chapter 9 when Mahabrabhu is debating with the Madhvas. Madhvas is another type of Vaishnav, Mahaprabhu appeared in the Madhva Sampradaya, but gave new light into it. When he met the Madhvas, whom he referred to as the Tatvavadis, he debated with them. He asked them how to attain the goal of life. And the Tatvavad Acharya said, by following the Varnashram and devoting all your activities to Krishna. Then you will get Mukti and go to Vaikuntha. And Mahaprabhu didn't like this very much he said in your teaching we find karma which means the Varnashram and Gyan the desire for Mukti even though it's devotional Mukti and then Mahabhava cites these two verses that have been cited here by Ramananda Roy with a different understanding really this uh, Ramananda is more or less citing the first half of each of these verses giving up the Varnashram the second half of them is Course, coming to Krishna and devotional service. So Mahaprabhu quotes them, stressing the second part of the second half there. And later in Chaitanya Charitamrita, again also, this verse of Bhagavad Gita is found twice in Madhilila in later chapters. And Mahaprabhu is uh, citing it there in a more positive spiritual light than here, where he's rejecting the basic idea of merely giving up the Varnashram, taking sannyas. Dharma Tyag, he said this is external. So he wants more. Say something more. Raikahyan Mishru Bhakti Sadyasar. Okay, then other than just taking sannyas, giving up the varnashram, the idea being that to achieve mukti, Brahman realization. Having done so, mix that with bhakti. His Praman Brahma-bhūta prasannātmāna sočtinā kāngšti samasāveshu bhūteshu parām. It's going back from 66 to 54, 54th verse in chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Ganamisrabhakti bhakti says that having achieved brahma-bhūta, a position beyond the modes of nature, liberated status, one can lābhattī parām, get, lebate means obtain, it means by God's grace, Entrance into Parabhakti, mature Bhakti, Bhakti proper. Coming from this position, from Gyan, self-realization into Bhakti, that is the gradual route. One can come to Bhakti from beginning by being, having Shraddha and Bhakti and developing directly the culture of Bhakti. One can become a gani. one can be, as we heard in the seventh chapter of Bhagavad Gita, one can become realized and take to Bhakti. And be dear to Krishna. So he quotes this verse, "Gyan misra bhakti," and Mahaprabhu rejects it. Also, he and Roy "Gyan shunya bhakti So we'll hear this tomorrow. "Gyan shunya bhakti," he recommends, and this Mahaprabhu embraces and says, "Yes, okay. Now we've got the real beginning point. Let's go on from here. What that means? What are the implications of Gyan shunya bhakti? Bhakti, unencumbered by Gyan." by knowledge Shuddha Bhakti So we'll stop there She Charita Amrita Ki